Welcome to another episode of the Levity Floatcast. Today we sit down with Steve Shane, firefighter, ultramarathon runner, and all-around good dude. So let's sit back, relax, and floatcast. Man, I think it's uh, a long time coming to sit down and talk with you, Steve. You're one of the most interesting people, and last Saturday was your two-year float anniversary. I didn't realize that, but... <laughs> yeah, it, it's yeah. been such an interesting thing to see your trajectory, um, just as a person, as a human. Um, we're going to you know, get our arms around that. I think it's a really great story, man. You have a great story that I'm really excited to uh, talk through tonight. Um, but first, how do you feel, man? You just came out of a float. That was number 32 for you. <laughs> Feeling good. Um, yeah, super relaxed. Uh, I went in with some anxiety and uh, nervousness, um, but definitely more relaxed now, more chill. Uh, I was able to get real still in there and just kind of just float, <laughs> but just like relax and let it go a little bit. I've seen um, for the past two years seeing you, and I, I always think, man, as an athlete for recovery, um, I see you kind of wobble in here after some pretty serious runs and workouts. Yeah. <laughs> um, can you talk how floating's helped you as an athlete? Um, it definitely helps with the soreness. Mm. Um, it my first uh, one or two floats, it was kind of hard for me to let my muscles go, let them relax, especially my leg muscles. Yeah. Um, but once I felt them finally relax, it was just like a huge weight. And I was like, okay, this is what, <laughs> yeah, this is what I'm supposed to do now. And uh, it just, it's nice to completely relax your muscles. Um, and then along with just like the whole meditative state just kind of like your mind and body is just completely relaxed and it's it's great right on man i and think it, it helps speed up recovery too like certainly i think that was really interesting when you came out tonight you were like man i just i got in there and it was a really good one what could you define what a good float is for you um so for a while it took me it was a little hard to get completely still mm -hmm. um but once you get in that groove where like you're still the water's not moving you just feel like you're floating in there and there's nothing <laughs> complete weightlessness and uh it's nice to get in that that groove so right on man i think uh another fork for you i see is stress you have a very stressful job as a pittsburgh firefighter um how do you use that to decompress with your job um i think that is more um you know the mental um being able to relax and meditate and um you know, if I've had stressful situations, um, you know, uh, we see some things that you don't really want to see. Right on. Um, but being able to kind of like go through it in there yeah. and um, not really forget it or um, it's just easier to kind of like come to terms with it and like um, just like self therapy pretty yeah. much just kind of like go through it right on man and i know troy's chomping at the bit to talk to you about your <laughs> profession um so i was a volunteer fireman for oh, five nice. years so nice. i love it i miss it but obviously i can't anymore yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so i'm curious are you part of an engine rescue or ladder company uh engine yes yeah <laughs> i think engine's so the cooler we're, we're a single house so it's just the engine but okay. uh, I've worked at a double house before on the engine still, but with an engine and truck. So Yeah, I just I think engine is the cooler side as yeah. opposed to ladder. <laughs> you get to go in and fight the fires. Exactly, and, exactly. But um, I, I, I think they're both cool. I mean, it's nice to do some truck work, too, and 
cut holes and use the tools and stuff but yeah uh, definitely i yeah. don't know i like getting some nozzle time and <laughs> yeah <laughs> can you explain um because I mean, a lot of people don't understand this i don't think of this like what that adrenaline feeling is like and even though these are like bad situations the the kind of crave that we get for it yeah i mean obviously you never want um a bad situation you want everyone to be safe and uh yeah everything like that but um you know whenever you get to go in and uh and work a fire and um i mean there's nothing like it you just Mm -hmm. you want to get in there you want everyone to be safe you want to do your job but you want to um work as efficiently as you can and um i think the um the pittsburgh firefighters i mean they train you well Mm. and um everyone has a plan everyone you know works together and gets the job done but it's it's definitely uh (laughs) you you got the nerves going and everything but you know you get a clear head and you, you get it done yeah yeah um what would you say is the craziest situation you've been in i was actually just telling my girlfriend this story the other day you know we were in a fire once that was in the walls and we didn't realize it and a chief told us to pull out make it a surround the drown and not five minutes after we got out the entire floor collapsed um something very similar to that (laughs) uh we were in there and um we couldn't get enough water um something was happening with our pumper where we weren't getting water um so we pulled out and not a couple minutes after we came out the whole thing came down mm. so that was like wow. yeah that was uh, a blessing that we <laughs> couldn't get that water and we were able to get out but that was you know in hindsight it was pretty scary like realizing that we were just in there but yeah luckily everybody was safe so i won't keep like ripping <laughs> your ear off with all these firefighter questions but la- last one um as as a paid member um are you using both inch and three quarter and deuce and a half or just two and a half uh no you use it all i mean usually just the inch and three quarter the hand lines but yeah I mean, but for like use, the high rise and stuff still yeah. two and a half yeah. and i haven't actually seen too many too much high rise but i mean the two and a half sucks anyway yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for those that don't know there's uh different sizes to the hoses inch and three quarters a smaller one it's more easy to work and maneuver and you take that into residential homes whereas two and a half kicks your ass and it's for high rises apartments and commercial yeah, it's definitely harder to maneuver. <laughs> it yeah. will knock you down usually. So oh yeah, if you don't have a couple people on it, but man, it's such a profession that's out there, and to be able to help people, where did that come from? Uh, what, the inspiration to become a firefighter for you? Um, actually, a, a good friend of mine, Josh. He, um, you know, he was just talking about it one day, and I uh, said, you know, the city's hiring firefighters. Um, we should sign up, and I. Before that, I hadn't really thought about it. You know, as a kid, you think, you know, you do. Yeah. But then it went away. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, you know, he, he was talking about it, and I was like, you know, that, that, that would be a good profession, a good career. Um, I've had a lot of jobs in my lifetime. <laughs> so, um, it, you know, I signed up. Um, he, the first year... Um, they didn't hire anybody from the list. So mm. I, I signed up and got on. You take a physical test, you take the written test, mm. and you get on the list, and then you wait. Mm. Uh, the first year, they didn't take anybody. They absorbed Wilkinsburg. Understood. Um, so then you wait another two years. Mm. So I did it again, the physical test, the written test. Oh, man. Um, and then got on the list again. I didn't get on that time, but he got on. 
So, oh man, another couple years, I took it a third time. This time I got on, so this was <laughs> about seven years of trying. And, wow. Uh, I really That's wanted amazing. it. Yeah, and it, up to then, like, this was the thing that I wanted the most. So it was, I just, like, kept trying, and, and you know, I trained for it. I trained, I wasn't in the best shape, so sure. I was, like, training for it, wearing, like, a weighted vest and doing stairs and making sure that I was ready for that physical test. But I Talk about that training a bit more, because I know, like, the bunker gear is close to 100 pounds. People don't realize that. And you have to be equipped to be able to walk up several flights of stairs at any given moment with possibly a body on your back or something. Yeah, so you have your tank, you have, you know, carrying hose, whatever. But um, so I would train with, uh, I think it was 30 pound weighted vest and I just run stairs. Um, I knew that on the, the physical test that we were going to be running the tower and, and doing, you know, different things. They tell you the different things that you have to do. And uh, so I was training as much as I could. Uh, at the time, I wasn't a runner, um, so I was running a little bit and just trying to, to get in better shape for that. How many bags of groceries do you think you could carry up the <laughs> stairs? <laughs> Probably muscle like 12, maybe. <laughs> man, that's, I mean, that's incredible. Like, I don't, you're right, man. I don't think a lot of people understand the physical, physicality of it. Especially the plastic bags, just, you know, fingertip it. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get a few on yeah. there. Yeah, man. I uh, one of the places wanted to talk about for recovery. You've spoken really highly about them. We've had people that fl- have that work there that float here. Man, just a good crew. Can you talk about Restore down uh, in South Hills? Yeah, uh, Restore is awesome. So um, once I started finding out about these things and trying to like do things that were better for my health and started running, yeah. um, I found out about them. Um, I actually tried them out. I tried cryo, mm-hmm. uh, cryotherapy, and um, then there was a while where I didn't really go, and then I started going in once I was ready for it, like, in the right mindset. But, Understood. Um, and also with floating here, it's like something that I thought about for a while mm-hmm. and was kind of reluctant to do just basically because it was new. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then once I started trying new things here and Restore, uh, Restore's been awesome for recovery, um, cryotherapy. Mm-hmm. They do the compression. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll stretch you out there. Um, they do um, infrared sauna. I like a lot there. Yeah. But yeah, it's just um, I've seen such a difference after races, especially long races. Just when I'm completely sore, mm. um, coming in here for a float, going there, and just like doing everything after that to like help relieve the the pain and stress. Um, they have a hyperbaric chamber there where you go in, yeah. like lay down, they zip you up, it's fully oxygenated, mm. um, inside and out, you're wearing a mask, and it just, I think that helps speed up recovery too, but. Man, I, I've had, you know, half a dozen people tell me what how nice they are and everything, and I trust oh, yeah. your opinion and uh, your judgment. That's why I was wanting to, you know, talk about them as well, because that's just, you know, what, who we like to promote here. Um, as you talked about the physical challenges and then going back and it taking seven years, Man, if there's one thing I know about you, you really enjoy challenges. And to talk about how you got into running, can you can you share that story? Yeah, so that's that's more recently. Um, I ran when I was younger, um, elementary school, middle school. I did track and field, and I ran, and I liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then as I got older, I kind of strayed away from it and didn't really so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was a while where I was um, pretty depressed, yeah. and um, 
didn't really realize it, but I knew I was like in a funk and I just felt like the best way for me to describe it. Um, I talked to my wife about it is I just felt numb, like didn't really feel anything like happier. People think like depressed. They think you're sad and everything. Mm. I didn't really feel anything. What did that look um, like? What did that look like? What do you mean? Just in uh, operation. I, I think so. I think on the outside, you couldn't really tell because mm. I kind of got used to putting on a happy face and like just go through the motions is how it felt. So I felt numb on the inside, but I was still, I was still going out. I was drinking a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, still, you know, going out and doing things, mainly just drinking too much. But, um, but on the outside, it looked like I was the same old Steve. I was like happy, joking around and everything. But then, you know, on the inside, I, I wasn't feeling it. Yeah. And even with um, going through the fire academy, getting on and everything, everything from the outside looked pretty good. Mm -hmm. And it was, but it, I wasn't feeling it. Mm. So there was still something that wasn't, just something wasn't there. Yeah. Um, and... It sucked. It was it was for a while, like it was years, mm. and um, I didn't know what was wrong. I uh, I went to like psychiatrists. Yeah. I was like trying to get help. I tried a bunch of different medications. Nothing worked. Yeah. <laughs> Even the psychiatrist was like, I, I don't know what to tell you. Like, yeah, <laughs> we we pretty much tried everything. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, I'm not feeling anything. And right. He even thought that that was kind of rare. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So, um, you know, this was going on for a while. I was pretty much giving up hope. Just like, I guess this is the way it is. Like, I can't feel feelings. And like, <laughs> and what age is this? Jeez. This was the past few years. So this was recent. Understood. Um, before 2019. I think it's important for people to know that, you know, especially <coughs> in that age range of young men, that the struggle that people silently will go through. Um, so that's why I was asking on age. I mean, this is, honestly, this is the first time I'm opening up mm -hmm. to a lot of people. My family, my parents didn't even know. Yeah. So that's how well I just kind of like hit it and kind of kept it in. I kept everything inside. Mm. Um, so I still haven't told like friends and everything. And, sure. And so, yeah, that went on for a while. Um, my now wife was with me through a lot of that um, since 2016. Mm. So she saw me at my worst. Yeah. <laughs> And she stuck with me. She saw something there that I didn't. Right on. And um, I didn't realize that till later. But uh, fast forward a little bit. Um, so in 2019, um, I had this epiphany. Yeah. And it was just like complete clarity. Just so I'd been trying for a while to surround myself with things that would help me. Yeah. So I mean, like, it might sound silly, but I'd go on YouTube. Mm -hmm. and type in like motivation <laughs> yeah inspiration just like something and see what came up mm -hmm. and um and i was even i was trying to meditate and i'd go on and put in 10 minute meditation yeah and i would do it and just wasn't i wasn't feeling it i wasn't in the right mindset <laughs> i realized that later on so when i had this epiphany it just kind of like all clicked yeah and i started doing some self-therapy and like mm -hmm through the meditation I've been doing, I just realized that I need to switch my mindset up. 
that like how powerful it was to think differently than mm. what I was thinking and kind of realizing why I was depressed and feeling numb and everything mm-hmm. and what I need to do to be happy. And it was just like this huge weight was off of me. And it was just like, it was overwhelming. Like I was, I, I, I wrote all the stuff down like manically pretty much, but yeah. like it was all making sense. And I was like, okay, this is, this is like, you know, self-therapy. This is, you know, why I was feeling depressed. This is what was going on. Mm. Um, and just started like, I was like, all right, I need to quit drinking because that wasn't helping at all. So I just stopped drinking. Um, I started like eating healthier because before that I was, I, I talked to you before, I was kind of like, I was drinking a lot. Okay. Yeah. Cause I think it's real important. Um, let's kind of take a, let's take a, uh, almost a thermometer of leading up to there because I think it's, it's for someone to say like, well, I stopped drinking. Some people might think of like, well, you know, if you're, if you're having a couple beers here or there, like kind of, yeah, I don't th- think there's anything wrong with that. And I'm not like, right. Yeah. I'm no, not against right, drinking or anything right on. But I think it, to show people how far you've come, you have to start with how far you've come. And so like when you say you were drinking too much, what, what was that? So I definitely had a problem. Right on. And again, people saw me as, you know, the party animal going out drinking, having fun and everything, which I did. And mm-hmm. I, and I kind of did have fun, but again, like it wasn't, I wasn't totally in it. Understood. But I was also drinking alone at home, double and triple rum and cokes, like pounding them. Um, my wife was at work. She works in the uh, emergency room, so she works long shifts. I would basically drink till I was tired, mm. pass out basically, mm. um, sleep in till past noon the next day with a pounding headache. Mm. <laughs> And I grew up with migraines too, so this was stupid to do. <laughs> but <laughs> right on. I know how bad headaches and migraines are, but I yeah. still like voluntarily gave myself them. And yeah, so I'd wake up, you know, take some ibuprofen, and mm. it would get a little bit better. And then, you know, a couple hours later, drink some more. Wow. It wasn't every day, but there were some days. There were some stretches like that, and it mm. was getting a little out of hand. And uh, eating a lot of pizza <laughs> i know man that's a killer i yeah it still is for me that's my kryptonite but it's <laughs> understood I love pizza, pizza is life. but yeah pizza three four days life. a week i had a problem and i would i would house all this whole is pie, it a so problem it was, <laughs> is it <laughs> well <laughs> it's perspective I yeah I, I think it, that's why with I, everything else it wasn't helping me out and i was mm. I was at my heaviest and I was uh, 210, which might not seem like a lot, but I was definitely, you could see it. Um, but it was, yeah, I was not in a good place. And um, my now wife saw that and she was getting kind of, she was sticking with me through it. And, um, but you know, she even said afterwards, like you were getting pretty bad there. Like I didn't know what to do. Yeah. I, it, I think that's why it's so important not to just um, fast forward past the like, I stopped drinking. It was, there was some real, you know, it sounds like dependency habit going on where you just, that's it. I'm done. Mm -hmm. And was it, you just cold Turkey done, never going to have one. And, um, basically, yeah. Um, that's awesome. I I will have some wine here and there, glass of wine with dinner. But, um, for me, it was beer that I was drinking too much. And like I said, the rum and Cokes. rum and Cokes. (laughs) So I, I basically quit both of those. I quit like hard liquor. I quit mm. drinking beer. 
I will have a glass of wine here and sure, there, but sure. definitely um, it was a complete turnaround, like going from drinking three, four days a week at least to um, basically not at all. Once every couple of weeks, I'll have a glass of wine or something. And how important, you mentioned like you wrote this all down. How important was kind of making it almost tangible to like this whole process for you? I, w- when I When it happened... Um, like I said, I was just overcome with emotion, with mm. thoughts and everything. And from going, being completely numb and not feeling ever, anything to feeling everything all at once, it was like overwhelming. Mm-hmm. So I felt like I had to just like write everything down because I didn't want to forget anything like mm. while it was fresh. And I just wanted to make sure. So I have like <laughs> two or three pages and the levy broke, man. Yeah. The levy broke. Um, can you talk about how did it feel physically to, to you know, pretty much curb drinking? Um, it felt good. And then at the time, um, I just I started eating healthier. I realized yeah. that, like, I wasn't healthy. Um, my body wasn't healthy because my mind wasn't. Mm. And I just, when I realized everything, I realized, like, how important the mindset is and how that helps everything else, like, you know. You can't do anything unless you think it and unless mm. you you know if you surround yourself with positive thoughts and positive things and it'll happen so mm. yeah i just um i just stopped i was i was eating healthy i uh i lost 40 pounds in like a couple months um that's insane yeah um i cut like co- sugar and carbs just because i wanted to like lose weight um mm. but um you know it, nothing was easy and before this i had tried tons of diets and everything and they never stuck i'd you know mm. my weight would fluctuate a little bit i'd i'd lose 10 pounds i'd gain 15 you know it'd go up and down yeah um i think a lot of people go through that um but i think it all starts with you know not really concentrating or f- your main focus shouldn't be like to look a certain way or anything sure i think once that you work on your mentality and being healthy then that just like it carries through so you 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 know stopped drinking cleaned up the pizza boxes <laughs> well, what's what else is is that then was it running is that when i yeah you so started i started revisit? running at the same time too i just started you know along with stopping drinking eating healthier i started running again which you know i did when i was younger and i liked but um so at first my goal was to run a mile without stopping (laughs) (laughs) a mile and that was hard yeah it was again i think i think contacts here is real important because people i think it's real important for our audience and people and this will be cataloged that people a year from now can hear this wherever you currently are oh yeah you have to start a goal just start a goal yeah and work through it so your first one was like hey i want to get a mile in yeah um yeah, and it doesn't matter, you know, you don't have to have some crazy goal at first. Just take steps to get to, you know, so a mile is not too much. <laughs> but for me at the time, it was hard. It was, yeah. you know, I couldn't do a mile without stopping. I was very, I was, this was before I lost the weight and obviously carrying more weight and not being too healthy and drinking wasn't helping. Mm-mm. But, um, yeah, that was a goal to run a mile. So I did that and then I started doing that more. Um started to get a little bit faster and then you know once i started creating these goals Mm -hmm. and hitting them then it was like okay 
I have to move it up a little bit. Mm. So like from a mile to like a 5K. Okay, okay, I hit a 5K and then, you know, keep doing that and then work on getting faster. Yeah. And for me, it was all about pushing myself a little bit more mm. and definitely getting that uncomfortable feeling. And I think for me, that was huge to like realize that, okay, to grow, you have to be uncomfortable. Mm. Like you can't grow just, you know, standing still and being comfortable. Yeah. It's easy. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to yeah. do anything. And that's what I was doing before. Yeah. But like, I realized that I needed to get uncomfortable. So I'd push myself more and I'd work on speed a little more and I'd be completely out of breath, drenched in sweat um, and, you know, pushing myself. And then maybe when I'd get to that mile, I'd kick up the speed a little bit and run another like 0.1 and just say, go. all right, get that, you know, even 0.1 more, it's a little bit more. So mm -hmm. it's just like, and that also has to do with your mentality. So it's like yeah. pushing yourself a little bit more, you realize that, okay, I'm setting my own limits. Like yeah. I need to break through those. And the only way to do that is to push it even just a little bit more. So that was like huge for me. And I just, I got the itch and just kept <laughs> on going. And here we are just finishing a 70 miler. Yeah. <laughs> uh, before we get into that, I, I wanted to uh, double back. You talked about watching a lot of inspiration videos, motivation videos, typing those into YouTube. Is there anybody that really stood out to you? I know Troy, for him, he's always shared Gary Vee as one of those voices. Mm -hmm. Eric Thomas is one of mine. Um, some other people have shared. Is there somebody that, if our audience is listening, they should go YouTube? Yeah, so there was there was a few. Um, one I started seeing a lot um, when I was looking for motivational videos was Goggins. And a lot of I people- I knew it. <laughs> a, lot knew of, it. <laughs> a lot of people know Goggins. And he's just an animal. And, I love him. Uh, I'm mm -hmm. not comparing myself to him at all because he's just a beast, but uh, he definitely gave me a lot of motivation to like push myself and um, his story is just incredible. Like his, I was going to share with those that don't, can you talk about him? Yeah. Um, so he, he just, he didn't have a good upbringing. Um, he went through a lot um, and he kind of, he realized later on um, he gained a lot of weight and he just kind of, he wanted to be a Navy SEAL. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, I think he was almost like 300 pounds. And he went to the recruiter and was like, you know, I want to be SEAL. And I think a couple of recruiters laughed at him. And this one mm. guy was like, like, all right, here's what you need to do. You need to drop down to like, I forget it was, like 190 or, you know, under 200 pounds. Yeah. And he was like, all right. And I forget how much time he had, something crazy, a couple months. And uh, went and put in the work and came back and, and lost the weight. And, uh, but basically, he, he's mm. been through a lot of stuff, um, and he just talks a lot about, um, like, mental fortitude and, and hardening your mind, and just, like, mm. and that kind of resonated with me when I was on this journey, and just, like, continuing to grow and push myself, and he just, uh, he was definitely an inspiration, but... Yeah, man. Don't sleep on those YouTube videos. Yeah. You get a voice and you hear it and something will just click. Like it'll just click for you, whether it's Goggins or Gary Vee. Mm -hmm. Man, that that's so I think I don't think it's underutilized, but it's man, if people know, just just hit it. You're having a bad day. You'll you'll hear something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like before I had this epiphany and like started to get in the right mindset, I was trying to do that. I was trying to introduce this, you know. Mm go on there and get motivation and everything and it just like like I said it wasn't clicking but 
I realize now I wasn't in the right mindset. Mm. And I might have been looking at things negatively too, like, you know, like, oh, this is dumb. Like, I'm not going to, what's it going to do for me? Like, you know, yeah. just like, absolutely. you know, it's all about changing your mindset. But would you, um, to be able to share that epiphany, is it around the mindset that you feel like that was it for you? That it just, something really clicked. Could you tell us like what that was like? Um, well, like I said, it was just like a complete weight off of me and real mm. realization that, um, what I was doing was kind of, I mean, I realized I was depressed. I realized like how bad it was. Yeah. And, um, after I had that, I didn't even tell my wife for like a couple of weeks. I didn't know how to, how to like talk about it. Um, I, I shut down a lot mm. before that. I didn't talk to her a lot about my feelings and just like, it was really hard for me. I kept everything inside because that's what I was used to. Right on. Um, so yeah, once I finally got the words up, it was just like, <laughs> I just like completely opened up and told her everything and she just sat there and listened to everything. And, you know, I was like overcome with emotion. Like yeah. I like, almost cried, like I teared yeah. up. I'm like, you know, this is, it's just, it feels great now. Like I feel happy and I realize, <laughs> you know, how bad it was before and where I was and where I am now. And she said like the most awesome thing. She was like, I know that you needed to go through that by yourself. Like you needed to go through that and Mm. figure it out for yourself. But I was here for you the whole time. And I was like, you don't know how much I appreciate that. And to like have her with me through that, like I, I wouldn't be here today without her. Right on, man. That's uh, so important for people to hear that, to hear that level of relief and the reinforcement and validation from like, I felt better. I felt yeah. better. And I think it's good to have a good support system. Certainly. I mean, maybe a significant other, maybe like a good friend, but someone you can just open up to and be like, hey man, like this is what's going on with me. Like, you know, I want to talk about it. You know, don't break my balls too much. Right on. <laughs> yeah, man. That's, I think it's so important to double down on that to like, we've, we've all had people in our lives that, you know, for one reason or another have left, um, when, decided to take their own lives or you know suffered in silence for so long that like it's real important for people to hear the level of relief that happens on the other side of fear of expressing that self and uh, so real important man and it's great to hear that that led you on this journey so you reach that one mile mark next is 5k you're moving up 70 miles, man. What the hell happened to you? <laughs> like, well, how does that happen? A year and a half later, you're completing a 70 mile, 70 and a half mile, or it was, it was something yeah, different. 70 and a half. Yeah. So yeah. it was the whole Laurel Highlands hiking trail from Ohio Powell to past Johnstown. Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I don't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you at least get like a ride back or, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get, you know. I got to sit down in the car afterwards, so it was okay. nice. <laughs> so there's a there's many steps and many accomplishments along the way. I loved how you put that, man. I you know I like there's certain people in Pittsburgh I really like, and you know you just have that mentality of a little better each day. You worked your way up to a 70 mile ultra marathon in you know two years, year and a half to two years doing serious running. I think it's so impressive, man. But can you talk us through race day? And what that was like. Uh, okay. Should I, should I go back a little bit and like how I got up to that? Please. Okay. Um, so just, um, in 2020, I did my first half marathon. Um, 
I was signed up for the Pittsburgh Marathon mm. uh, that got canceled. Mm. Uh, we'll switch to virtual with gotcha. COVID. Um, so I was bummed about that, but I'd been training for the mar- for my first marathon um, and was working hard to get up to that. Like I struggled um, to get to 18 miles. Um, mm. I broke down pretty bad on an 18 mile run, like completely cramped up. Um, finally got over that roadblock, got to 20. And um, once the marathon was canceled, it went to virtual. I was like, all right, I'm still gonna do it. Um, yeah. I also had a little bit of a foot injury. It wasn't anything too serious, but I rested a little bit. Um, I ended up doing my first marathon on my birthday, uh, my 37th birthday on June 10th, which was a hot day. <laughs> uh, I did it on the Gap Trail, uh, started mm. in Southside, went to McKeesport, which is like a half marathon and back. Um, so then I did that and I was like, okay, I did a marathon. It wasn't the actual marathon, but it was a marathon. Right. Um, so then I was like, all right, what's next? So um, I started looking, I found a 50K. Uh, which is like 32 miles, 31, 32 miles. Gotcha. Um, the Ghost Town Trail up in Ebensburg. Uh, I started finding oh, yeah. races in weird, you know, <laughs> weird outlying parts. And um, mm-hmm. so I went and did that. Um, my first one, I I completed that. I didn't think I would. I started cramping mm. up real bad on that too. Just like, you know, struggled through it a bit, like punching my legs. <laughs> wow. <laughs> they, yeah. Uh, yeah, they were like seizing up and it was hard to, to get through it, but I did. Um, I, I learn a lot from every race from that one. I learned I need, uh, salt tabs <laughs> to help. <laughs> I was drinking, but I guess not enough. And I hadn't been putting, um, there's different things you could put in your water. Mm. Um, tailwind's a good one. It has calories and electrolytes and everything. Noon I use a lot. It's, um, electrolytes and everything. Right on. I started, you know, I was figuring it out as I was going along, but building the planes, you're flying, man. I did the, the 50 K. Um, and then I saw a 50 miler in uh blue knob which is in duncansville (laughs) duncansville pennsylvania blue knob auto.com best car prices ever lots of mountains all right yeah Um, yeah so yeah it's a big uh car place (laughs) yeah it's 50 miles there yeah so um they because of covid they moved it back to december Mm. um so uh yeah so it was it was rough um actually november it was november Mm. Um, but yeah, that one, that one hit me pretty hard. Um, the elevation was a lot more than I thought it would be. Um, and a lot of it came after mile 30, (laughs) (laughs) which when I, by the time I got there, I was already, you know, cramping up and all that other fun stuff. Only 20 more miles to go. Yeah. And then I come to the bottom of this mountain and look straight up. I'm like, Oh, seriously? Like you're making us go straight up that. (laughs) Oh my God. So yeah, that was, uh, that was a little rough. Um, didn't think I was finishing that one, but you know, I basically slowly got to the end mm. of that one. Um, you finished, but yeah, I, I did decent. I came in seventh and did it in like 12 hours and something. That's crazy, man. That's um, crazy. So yeah, so I, I got that. And again, with pushing myself and saying, okay, like I did 50, like, what can I do next? Mm-hmm. So I started looking, <laughs> by the way, I had no idea about ultra marathons a year and a half two years ago. Like I, I didn't know they existed. Really? I, yeah, I didn't know about too much about marathons and everything. You know, I knew that that was a lot of miles. And mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. so this was all completely new to me. And I didn't even know that there's people doing this in way 
more than this, like crazy 240 milers and stuff like that. Yeah, it's like stuff that Goggins is doing. It's insane. <laughs> How do you actually train for these? Like, are you just going out and running 50 miles once a week? Uh, no. So for the 70 miler, I did work a lot more on distance. So I would do some 20 mile runs. Um, I did a good 30 mile run around the city, like just around Pittsburgh. I didn't really have a set, uh, a set course. I just kind of <laughs> went for it. <laughs> North side, South side all over. <laughs> um, but I, 30 was like the most that I did, but I was training. Uh, I started training more elevation and hills, mm. um, just to get used to that. Uh, I didn't train that enough. I definitely could have trained more elevation because it's completely different once you're in it. Uh, the Laurel Highlands Trail, the first eight or nine miles is uphill. Um, so you're basically, you're walking at, you're hiking it. Mm. Any of the real big hills you're hiking, you're not, you know. Yeah. Because towards the end, you're walking it and it hurts a lot. <laughs> Even downhill hurts a lot coming. So when did that, when did the race start, the 70 miles? The 70 miles started at 540 in the morning. Um so what's kind of going through your head there at 540 in the morning? How cold is it? It wasn't too bad, actually. I think it was in the in the 50s, high 50s. Uh, That's good running temperature. Yeah. It's, it's, oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> hey, I don't run 50 miles, but... Yeah. No, it's, it was you'd nice. You'd rather that than 80 degrees. <laughs> yeah. Truth. Which was later on in the day, which yes, sucked, sir. but... Yeah. So morning kicks off, and before we hop into the story of the race, that community... I've only heard is amazing, filled with amazing people. The running community. Yeah. Um, what's that environment like, even before the race starts? Um, it's it's not really competitive like like you think it would be. Um, of course, there's more competitive people, and they're sure. usually the ones that are winning it, and they're like, <laughs> but they're they're still like good people. They're like you know, a lot of them. It, it's not too competitive. It's everyone helps each other out. And um, especially like during COVID and stuff, it was like I continued running through that and that um, I was kind of ready for it when it hit. And mm -hmm. we were all like everybody was on lockdown and everything before that I was running and kind of like doing that for my mental health. So when yeah. this hit, I was already in a good place. So I just kind of like wrote it out. Mm -hmm. It definitely helped a lot. But um, the running community, like people online, everybody's super supportive, like cheering each other on. Um, really good for motivation for people like, you know you see what people are capable of and mm -hmm. and they're helping you also they're like giving you tips and saying like you know this is what you need to do or people ask questions like you know this hurts or i did this like what should hmm. i do and i mean they're not doctors or anything sure. but I mean, some of them might be right. but um they're just helpful in saying like okay this worked for me it might work for you try that and just like helping to push you to do better so it's a really supportive community but how important is stretching very <laughs> i still don't do it enough like so you know once i started introducing all this stuff in me floats restore um i started uh, trying yoga yeah and i wanted to do that for a while and a lot of it was like uh, i don't you know i don't want to go i don't want to be the only dude there like <laughs> kind of like uh what am i you know i don't know what i'm doing i don't want to look stupid yeah it's like yeah so i was like you know what i'm just gonna go and do it so I started going, um, went a few times, liked it a lot. You know, it helped me to stretch and I, f I felt good. You know, it's, yeah. it's meditative too. It's, it's like, it's good for your mind and body. Mm. Um, but that's one thing that I actually just started doing again that I started to do, but not consistently. Understood. And one of the things that I know that I need to do to just help with my overall progress. Mm. So there's a couple things like that, that like, I, 
I want people to know that doing this stuff isn't easy. Like, yeah, especially with me being overwhelmed with everything all at once. Um, I knew what I had to do and I was doing it for a while and I was like in the zone, mm. but then like, I didn't meditate as much. I might not come here as much, you know, I get in kind of like, I get burned out. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, you know, I need to do this more. I know that I need to. And the only way to do it is just to do it. <laughs> yeah, man. So, but it is hard. You have to kind of like, you know, you build up these habits and you start getting in the groove and then it's good, but it's, it's easy to lose too. So it is kind of stressful. You do get burned out. I get burned out, but I realize that I need to let myself like, okay, I can rest today. I can like chill. I can, you know, cause I, I do, I'm my toughest critic. Like I beat myself up a lot mm -hmm. and I'm like, you know, doing all this and seeing the progress and, and where I was and where I've come, it, it gets addicting and you're like, okay, like <laughs> I, I know that I can do better and I keep pushing myself more, but then I'm like, all right, now I'm just like, I don't want to do anything for a couple of days. Time. And like, that's okay to do too. Yeah. Right on. Is there any type of, uh, end goal? Like, is there like, okay, I hit 150 miles. I'm not going further. Like, do you have anything um, like that? I don't know. <laughs> and, yeah. and I, I told my wife, like once I started doing these and like, you know, the mileage started growing a little mm. bit, I was like, you, you know, th this might get a little crazy for a while. Um, yeah. just ride it out with me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know how far I'm going to take it, mm. but I know that for now I want to keep doing better. Um, so I definitely want to push that mileage a little bit more. Um, you got to hit a hundred. I think a hundred next. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, honestly, to go back to the 70 miler, um, mm. that was really hard for me. Um, I went through a lot of stuff and during any, um, ultra marathon, I think there were at least 150 people that did that. I think that every single person there went through something different. Mm. Um, you go through different struggles. You go through the mental struggles of, you know, can I do this? I don't mm -hmm. think that I can push through it. The physical, the pain, lots of pain that you push through. Yeah. Um, so I was doing pretty well. Um, I started cramping up around mile 20, 20 something, which was pretty early for a 70 miler. Mm. Um, do do you always cramp? Like, is that just pretty a much? Thing? Yeah. I, I drink so much water, even on like a normal day. I'm always drinking water. Um, so I hydrate a lot, but, um, I, I sweat a ton, <laughs> so Same. it's just like, it all comes out. So I keep drinking. I started taking salt tabs. Um, mm. I probably took a total of like 18 or 20 during that race and, mm. um, you know, two here, wait a little bit, two more. Mm. Um, but yeah, I started cramping up and then I got, you know, it was getting a little worse. Um, it's getting kind of bad. And then like, it's crazy, but around like mile 50, I got like a second wind. Mm. <laughs> I don't know what happened. If maybe all the salt tabs, everything, I just, I felt really good. It's and like when I, that edible hits <laughs> Dog, out of nowhere. Yeah. It turned <laughs> mile 50. Yeah. Oh my God. I feel wonderful. <laughs> that edible ain't shit. That was fucking salt tabs. Yeah. I'm done with that. Mile 50, that edible hits and he's running again like wings. Yeah. I got it dead. No, I kicked it. <laughs> <laughs> what was going through your mind at mile 20? You said that was real early. What goes through your mind? You're starting to cramp up at mile 20. What happens? Uh, not now. I guess it's way too early. Like, I, I can't. This can't be happening now. Um, and just kind of, like, going through it and not. It was really hard for me to get out of the pain, whatever I was feeling. But I was trying really hard. Um, 
usually when I run, I have at least one headphone in. Um, I actually listen to podcasts and, and different things while I'm running. Um, Goggins helps me, helps mm. push me. Yeah. Um, but different things, I'll listen to music, you know, more so when I'm trying to go fast, uh, like a good tempo or something. But definitely podcasts on longer runs, just when I want to kind of get out of what I'm doing and not concentrate on, mm. you know, oh, this is so many miles. Like this is, no, I'll just listen to a podcast and kind of get out of my body and into my head. It, well, it's so interesting because we talk about all the time, Jamin and Troy and I, about just putting the reps in and getting through things when mm -hmm. they suck. And I think it's important that people hear that. Yeah. that. Like mile 20 hits and you're not halfway there yet and you're starting to cramp. What yeah. goes through your mind? So going well, back, it's that uncomfortable feeling. And you mm -hmm. know that I knew going into that, I was going to be in that uncomfortable feeling for most of that race. Mm. I knew that, but uh, I didn't realize how hard it was going to be. So uh, once I got that second wind and I started, you know, it was some downhill, some flat, like I was cooking at like a, I mean, mile 50 at like a nine minute pace or something. <laughs> and I felt really good for about five miles. And I was surprising myself. I was like, all right, I might, you know, keep this up to the end. Yeah. And, uh, no, after that, I, uh, I got, I, I threw up all of my water, everything that was in my stomach. It was all liquid. It was all water and like salt tabs. I think everything kind of just did not mix well. <laughs> um, so oh. all that came up around, uh, mile 58 and yeah, I got to this aid station. Um, by the way, my wife was my crew, so she was there at every aid station. Um, she had snacks food water yeah. um my massage gun to massage out you know my cramps and stuff like, i want yeah. one of those so yeah bad. yeah they're awesome <laughs> see dudes with them in the gym before they squat yeah <laughs> they they definitely help but uh <laughs> you remember that we'll talk about that later <laughs> <laughs> but she was uh, a huge help but i i got there and i was like i am not feeling good um but yeah, after, after I, did she know you threw up? Did she know that happened? Actually, that was, that was like right after that, where I threw it up before I got to the last aid station. So I saw her whenever I just had the second wind and I was like, I'm feeling good. I was like, I just got the second wind, you know? And yeah. I felt like it was kind of catching up with me though. Like I was starting to feel the cramping and the soreness again. Mm -hmm. um, but then once I got past her, uh, there was one more checkpoint that no one was allowed at, no crew or anything. Gotcha. So before that one, is when I threw everything up and um, got real dizzy, real dehydrated yeah. and barely made it to that aid station. And I was mm. like, I got there and I said, I'm, I can't go on. Like I'm <gasps> done. I got, I threw everything up. I'm real dehydrated. I can't go on. And this lady, Sue, she was there. She's been there for like 19 years doing at this aid station. She knew what she was doing. Oh, and, uh, <laughs> the best. She was like, you know, just sit down and relax, you know, see what you're doing. I called my wife who was at the finish line. I was like, I think this is it. I'm done. But at that aid station, nobody can get to it. So Sue said they'd have to call the park ranger to come down and get me. And it was like. Oh, you, got, you were calling the bus. Yeah. It we're going to need to roll the bus out was, here for It was Steve. worse than that. They probably had to get the park ranger out of bed. Like, oh. <laughs> like oh, there's stupid people running through the night. Like, what is... Oh. Yeah, she knew what she was doing. Yeah. yeah. So, but she, so, yeah, I called my wife. I was like, I, I, think I'm, I don't think I can go on. I'm, I'm real dehydrated, real dizzy, like, do not feel good. And um, she was like, all right, we'll just, you know, sit there and see how you feel. Um, so, at this aid station, they had... Um, grilled cheese, which I, I couldn't even think of at that moment, but they also had warm vegetable broth. And Sue was like, 
try and keep this down, sip on that. So I sat there for about an hour, um, had a couple cups of that, and she was like, all right, stand up and see how you feel. By that time, I'd pretty much given up. Like, in my mind, like, I was defeated. I was like, I feel like shit. I can't get through this. Um, I'm done. And once I sat there for a while, I realized, like, so I did a fundraiser for that. I, I did a fundraiser for the National Fallen Firefighters Foundation. That's awesome. Um, I raised over $3,300. So tons of people. That's awesome. Yeah, and I'm super grateful for everybody that donated. Yeah. Like, that was super awesome. Um, but, yeah, so I was thinking about them, and I'm like, mm. I don't want to let all these people down. I don't want to let myself down because mm. I've come this far. At this aid station, there was eight and a half miles left, and I didn't want to do that. Plus, I just kept thinking about them, and I'm like, I really do not want to let everybody down. Like, um, mm. So, yeah, I stood up. See, I felt I was the most chafed I've ever been in my life. Like, That is not something I ever want to say. No. <laughs> like, completely. I don't want to get too graphic, but it was bad. Yeah. <laughs> I realized afterwards, that, like, getting a shower, how bad it was and how much it hurt. But, oh. yeah, that was not fun for, like, a week after that. But... Um, so I, I stood up, started walking around. Uh, Sue was like, how do you feel? I said, you know, I feel okay. I don't feel like I'm gonna throw up. I kept the, you know, I kept everything down. Mm-hmm. Um, she said, all right, I'm gonna walk with you into the trail here. It was after midnight now, completely pitch black in the woods. Uh, yeah. So it's like, listen, <laughs> you don't gotta go home. You gotta I'll, fuck out of here. Yeah. And she's like, I'm gonna walk you right into these dark woods, sir. You're but good. She's also been through this so many yeah. times and knew that, like, knew that I could soldier on and get through it. But it was all those people I passed when I got that second win passed me when I was sitting still there. And I'm like, this, this oh. sucks. Like, I, I don't think I can make it. And so I started walking in there into the woods. And she was like, How do you feel? And I was like, You know what? Pretty good. I looked at my watch. It was like eight and a half miles to go. I mm. said, I, I couldn't run at that point. I was very sore and a lot of pain. Yeah. I tried to run and it was just too much. Like, so I just had to keep up a brisk walk, like fast pace mm-hmm. for those last eight and a half miles to make it to the finish. And even doing that, it was not easy. There were still some hills, which I don't know why they'd put them there at the end, but, <laughs> <laughs> but then the downhill was even worse. So it was like walking sideways down and just like, all basically in tears like I was almost like crying like you know just like giving up Get like this home. this sucks but once I kept going um it was pitch black you know I started wondering is a bear gonna come out and attack me like you start to like you know you don't see anything my my headlamp was dying I had a headlamp on so I could see maybe two or three feet circumference around me so I'm looking up to, at the trees to make sure I'm going on the right path um so there was a 22-hour cutoff. I finished in 21-23. Awesome. Yeah, right. Once yeah. I started seeing the lights at the end, I was just like such a relief. It was like, oh, my God. And then crossing that finish line, it was just, it made it all worth it. It's, it's hard to explain because people, that's, you know, the main question is like, why? Why would you do that? Why would you do 70 Fair. miles? Yeah. Um, and it's really hard to explain unless you go through it. And everything that you go through during that, one day 21 hours it's it's a lot like it's it's Mm. a lot that you go through mentally physically and that you push through and it um ultimately just helps me to grow and become a better person what do you personally think about like other than like the pain and kind of the doubt what's like because like i said before like i run a bit i don't really track it but i know it's like a few miles 
And honestly, sometimes I have my best ideas then because I'm not like trying to think about anything, yeah. but it just comes. Yeah, so. when you get out of your head and have a good run, it's just like, yeah, you know, it feels good. And then, yeah, you kind of like get a clear head sometimes and like, yeah, it's just a good feeling. I like to think that Sue was a ghost and she wasn't real. <laughs> <laughs> you really didn't have any. It very well. And it was just drugs. <laughs> like that, that edible kicked in at mile 50, mile, mile 68. It was yeah. like you really started seeing things. <laughs> Those people that passed you when you were just sitting there like, yeah, man. <laughs> I don't even know if there was a race. Like, <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I think that's such, man, it's such a testament to just the human. You're a testament to the human spirit and how – Someone can just, you know, one day make a decision. I'm going to run a mile. I want to run a mile without getting um, heavy of breath to completing a 70 miler. Um, I did want to bring it back to talk about your wife's involvement because that was certainly not an easy task. And I've met Tina a few times and she's wonderful. I finally got her to float. Right and on. She loves it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, uh, See, I, told you, I was like, yeah, tell me. <laughs> like, yeah, you were right. Like, and, uh, That's right. <laughs> man. Can you talk about the stuff that she did as you, as your, uh, you call that like a partner on the trail or an assistant? Crew, which Crew. Is, yeah. Which is new to me. Like I didn't right I, on. I didn't know any of this. But, what, um, what, what'd she do throughout that man? So she was there at every checkpoint um, that she was able to be, um, and she had everything for me. You know, we packed up beforehand. We did different baggies of snacks and stuff, and um, she had, like, uh, she had a mister, like, a fan with water, cold water. Yeah. Uh, she had some snacks for me, like, anything I needed. Uh, like I said, the massage gun. But even just having that support mm. and, you know, going through that, you know, shitty stuff and that, that – mm -hmm you know, feeling that pain and everything that I was going through and coming around to Ben, hearing everybody and then seeing her face like there, it just like, I was in a lot of pain, but I was just like, that made me smile. And I'm like, yeah, so like, right on. And then she's like, she's from day one, she's been my biggest supporter. And she's just like, you know, you got this, go kick some ass. And she just like, mm. yeah, it's, it's a good team. We're, uh, she made up uh, Team Sean shirts. So that's <laughs> she awesome. She had the hoodie man. on. She was like, Team Sean, let's do this. We're getting it. <laughs> that, that's amazing. And like I said, I, I meeting her a few times and us having conversations, I always like to, you know, shine shine light on the people that are helping support too, man. The yeah. support network. And she's just, yeah, all around good person, just giving person like super. She'll always do stuff for other people before herself and like to a fault almost. Like I'm like, look, you need to take time to yourself. That's why I was like, you gotta get here and float, like just yeah. do it and yeah. So I think that segues in really well because I've always understood that in relationships like attracts like. And you talked about giving and volunteering. One of the big things for you, you've been doing it for four years now, man. The four one two food rescue. Yeah. Like, can you just chat about <clears throat> that a little bit? Yeah, so I didn't realize it was four years, but um, yeah, it's just some organization that I found. I don't know if it was through Instagram or Facebook or something like that, but I had just been hearing things about them through the city and mm. hearing good things, and I was looking to volunteer somewhere. Mm. Um, and they um, they get food that would otherwise be like um, thrown out um, and get it to people in need. So. Um, it's real easy. They, they have an app. Mm -hmm. uh, you can get notified when something comes up that's available. Mm -hmm. You can take it if you have the time. If you don't, you know, it's no pressure. Mm -hmm. But um, I just started doing those, and it was just, it was a really good feeling. Like, it was, um, you know, I've volunteered before for other things, and um, I volunteer at Children's with some firefighters. We go and um, 
hand out like toys and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, haven't been able to do that for a while, but yeah, looking forward to getting back to that too. Um, but yeah, with 412 Food Rescue, like it was just um, something to do where, you know, you have an app, you have, it, you can do it in 30 minutes to an hour, like do something, um, go and pick up some food here, deliver it here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then during COVID, they started doing home deliveries, which was huge. Um, a lot of restaurants around the city um, joined in, um, yeah. donated food. Um, so we're delivering like hot meals to people that need it. Um, they, you know, they were doing like the drive ups, you know, you yeah. drive up with your car and they'll load you with some foods and produce and stuff. And just, they've been doing really good things and I've seen them grown, you know, yeah. since I've been doing it in the city and so many more people volunteering to do it. It's just an awesome thing that they're doing. That's awesome, man. They have an app on iOS, Android, 412 Rescue. Mm-hmm. Like, you can download it right on your phone, get a notification. If you're within, grab some food and run it to a good place. Like, yeah. what an awesome cause. I saw that you were recently recognized as one of, like, 100 inspiring stories of volunteers there. Yeah. Um, can you talk about that book and what that entails for them? Um, so that was a big surprise for me. I was not expecting that. Um, it was really um, humbling. I mean, uh, I like doing that. Um, and I like seeing uh, like immediate results from it. So you're donating it, you see you're getting food from here, it's going to somewhere, someone needs it, you're seeing it immediately. And I just liked doing that and seeing the good that they were doing. Yeah. Um, so they were trying to get a hold of me about this book. I didn't notice, uh, missed an email or something. And uh, so they're like, yeah, we've been trying to get a hold of you for this book. Um, you know, we're doing 100 people, uh, food rescue heroes that they call. Yeah. Um, and uh, we would like you to be in it. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, <laughs> yeah. And like my wife will tell you, I'm not good in the spotlight. Like this is, you know, this was hard for me to, to oh. agree to. I'm like, I don't know. Like, I've never done anything like this. Um, but again, it's that uncomfortable getting out of your comfort zone yeah. and, and just doing it. But um, yeah, so it was really nice. Um, Chance, who was on mm. your podcast, Keep mm-hmm. Pittsburgh Dope, uh, he did the photography. Mm. Uh, I brought my dog Ollie. He said I was the other one to bring a dog. So it was, ah, that's <laughs> he awesome. liked it. Yeah. But um, yeah, so they put together this book of 100 uh, food rescue volunteers and uh, photography by chance and and just like a little they did an interview and uh, a nice little write-up so it was it was really nice it was at um baron batch's place Mm -hmm. and uh you have some of his artwork here right on (laughs) yeah um but yeah and uh it was an awesome night like really nice of them to do and and unexpected (laughs) right on i mean it's such an awesome um i'll have a question for you and then troy will have his closing question um but man, before we do, it was great to have you on here, yeah, Dan. You did a great job. You have a great story. Yeah, Thank I mean, you. even like I said, it's so inspiring. From like one goal to the next to the next, systematically, it is great, dude. Like I said, such an inspiration. Um, but one question for me: if you could share something that makes you proud about being a firefighter or a story, could you share that with us? Yeah, um, I don't know so much a story, but just. Um, just kind of like just giving back, um, mm. giving, you know, service, selfless service, um, being able to give back to the community and just, um, I don't know, there's something there that it's, it's a gratifying feeling. It's, it's nice to be able to do that. Um, you know, it's a dangerous job, but um, mm. they train you well and, and you're ready for it, but it's, um, you know, 
it's a gratifying feeling. And then we do a lot of first responder stuff too. So it's nice to, to help people and, and mm. be able to, to do that. Yeah, yeah, man. All right. So last question, share only what you're comfortable with. But um, while you were in the tank, did you work through any significant problem or issue that you're facing? Um, so today it was more about uh, my nerves <laughs> doing this. <laughs> uh, I came in here pretty nervous and... Um, Again, this is completely out of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And, um, but yeah, just um, a big thing with, you know, my story and where I've come, this is the most I've opened up about it. There's still, you know, close friends of mine that don't know that I was depressed and everything. And it's kind of hard to talk about. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know if, if you could tell at all, but it was definitely, um, it's definitely, you know, not something I'm used to. Mm. Um, obviously, my wife knows everything. She's been with me through everything, yeah. and it's easy to talk to her. But it's, um, you know, it's kind of hard to open up and, and tell people about hard things that you've gone through, um, especially depression and everything. But um, something I would say is just any anyone else that's going through it, I think that um, there, there are people that have been through similar things, and you don't really know until you start to talk about it. Mm. Um, and I just want to let everyone know that, uh, you know, if anyone else is going through that mm -hmm. and wants to talk about it, I, you know, contact me on Instagram or something. And yeah. uh, I will definitely, you know, share what I've gone through and maybe help through that way. But I pretty much I've been sharing a little bit more on Instagram. Yeah. Um, not really so much Facebook. I feel like Instagram, I could still kind of like hide back a little bit <laughs> and like it's good, you know, show the pictures and stuff. And then the people that feel like reading the caption sometimes i have like a you know four paragraphs all right man <laughs> i'm opening up here hidden in the little nooks where you might not see it but <laughs> it's there so right yeah so that for me that's a little bit easier to like you know not sharing with everyone saying mm. you know like, this is everything i'm just like here's a little bit you know this is what i'm comfortable with right now but yeah it definitely helps to share with people and you know, hopefully my message or anything that I shared today will help somebody. Yeah, man, certainly. Like you said, so relatable for people now, even a year from now, to hear your progress. And if they're in a bad spot, the importance of, like, opening up. And it was really interesting because, as you shared, when that levy broke, that release of tension and pressure in your life just kind of floated away. Man, thanks so much for coming in. Um, do, we have, do we have any crazy questions roll in? No crazy questions. All right. Great having you, my friend. Thanks Troy, so anything for, for the people me. before we're out? No. Everything was said. <laughs> awesome, guys. Have a great night. We're out of here. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. I want to relax, relax, put my mind at ease. Good friends and good vibes. Now that's all I need. When life hurts, come down and flow to levity. Let your problems wash away into serenity. Whoa.